0: Hello, and welcome to my hotel room (laughs) in another episode of this show. If you're watching on video, you'll see she can probably catch Max in the background, too, hanging out on the bed, his favorite spot to be. I'm really grateful that you're here again today, and I'm actually going to give myself a pat on the back for doing video again, because I really resist. If it's not an interview, I just get into a bit of a verbal flow when it's just me my mic, nobody else, I just get in the zone. And so having this camera, even dealing with these glasses, and if you're watching, you can see the little reflection of my screen. Yeah, probably watching myself is going to make it (laughs) even more challenging, which I think is what brings me to the topic of today's episode, actually. Um, Before we dive in, though, I do just want to invite you to like review subscribe if you're listening on apple podcast which most of you seem to please do leave a review it makes a huge difference into people being able to find the show if you're on youtube leave a comment subscribe wherever it is that you listen i know that all people that run a podcast say that to you and they might at some point just seem like they're trying to get subscribers for a vanity metric but really it's a huge thing for for us when we When we have subscribers, not because that number does something to our egos, but because the more people that are there, the more people that have reviewed, which is really important, or commented, watched, all those things really bring up our visibility and they mean a lot. So, you taking the time to listen already helps me immensely. And if you're willing to do a bit more in a few seconds, again, any of those like, review, subscribe actions really do help me out. So, I appreciate it. And today, actually, also, before we dive in, i just love to kind of share with you a little bit about my recent trip to Hawaii, which maybe will tie in. I find that things often have a meandering way of doing so, especially when I'm just speaking my heart, which I really wanted to do today. And so it was a hugely meaningful trip because I was turning 30. And of course, every year, I think birthdays bring up can bring up a lot of stuff, right? There's sort of a time for maybe taking stock, considering what it is that is important to you, what you've achieved so far, what you haven't, the things you are happy about, that you've done, that you're not so happy, the things you're grateful for, et cetera. And I find that a lot of coaching clients, when we approach their birthday, same thing as New Year's, right? We kind of just get this new lease on life in some way that hitting a milestone it can be sort of a fresh page or blank slate kind of feeling and i love that i love doing that every day and if there's um if you have interest in that i have an episode on it when i think yeah it was around new year's actually that i posted it because i think people make these resolutions they're really broad They can seem overwhelming and so i did an episode on that talking essentially about really focusing in on the the new beginning of every day and also how we have seasons in life so I'll link to that episode if you're interested in getting into that. But this is really an opportunity for me to examine that as well, I think, which is, okay, what what season am I in? Was I in? Am I going into? Where do I want to be when I go forward? And so if your birthday is in April, or even if it's not, and you're listening to this at another time, I'd love to really delve into what it is that I do to consider all the areas of my life on my birthday. And I have actually, very thoughtfully, you'll see it if you're watching on video, but my husband bought me a journal. Let's make sure you can see. And it's all of the Hawaiian islands. And so we were on Oahu because it was my first time. And I really, I heard great things about all of them actually. Uh, And Oahu is where Honolulu is. So super touristy if you stay in Waikiki. Um, some great things we did. We rented mopeds actually, scooters, and drove the whole island on scooters, which was really fun. And I think an amazing way to see the whole island. If you go on some of the tours, like guided tours and buses and things, I think if, if that's what you like, all good, but I do think they're often overpriced, especially in Hawaii because it's so touristy on at least on Oahu, I can't speak to the other islands. So if you want the group bus tour experience certainly exists and you can do Circle Island where they drive all around the island pretty much. Um, But for us, and if you're interested in a different travel experience, I think renting mopeds is a hugely valuable thing to do. Granted, we got rained on every time we rode them, even if it was just a little bit through the rain it's just sorry through the clouds or even through the sun it'd be like sort of sun showers like amazing to see and so many rainbows wow it was actually a super cool experience to be riding through having it pouring rain on us but still being sunny and then a huge rainbow right beside the mountains so it was a magical place i think that if you stay in in waikiki it's gorgeous be prepared for tourist prices, be prepared for tourists and all that goes along with that. So it's busier prices, as I said, you've got a bunch of chain hotels. If you're looking for different types of properties that aren't a hotel, Um, we didn't find so many Airbnb options as compared to other places that we've been. So that's something to just consider. Maybe we weren't looking far enough in advance. Something that you can also consider is actually booking uh, through hotwire which we've been doing a lot even this hotel and not that this is sponsored although maybe i should reach out to them i use them a lot i find that especially in the u.s they're very popular and can really get you great rates for all kinds of hotels so hey i'll i'll look up a link for that because we've been using it a lot so get to hawaii right and we landed the airport our flight was delayed super late Really challenging day, just long, like three layo two, three layovers later, which was not supposed to be the case, but our first flight got delayed. Um, and we finally make it there in the evening and I'm just wiped out. So I go to bed and I wake up at midnight to my husband saying, get up, you have to get up. And I'm like, oh my God, what what? Like, what's wrong? And we go downstairs and he's got this cake and Hawaiian local music playing and we celebrate my birthday right at midnight. And that was just the beginning of a series of really fun activities. Um, another thing you can do on the west end of the island is is um, dolphin, dolphin watching or swimming with dolphins as well, snorkeling lots on the west coast of Oahu. I'll be sure to add some links. I think um, I do have some friends that are going or have been before. And so I'd love to open up a discussion. Actually, I think Hawaii is fun. Maybe this is maybe this is the episode in and of itself but hey um yeah actually maybe it is I can go into the insights of my birthday or what it is that I look at and do every year to redefine goals and move forward but I think there's so much to say about Hawaii and and the culture and how magical of an experience I had so I suppose we can focus in on that so yeah we were only there for a week I would have loved to see other islands Pearl Harbor was absolutely a must so I'll I'll link to that and I am there's an amazing Thai place right beside I want to thank my friend Ivana for that recommendation right near Pearl Harbor I mean we drove on our mopeds but right by it is this beautiful little kind of hole in the wall looking place but inside it's got these gorgeous sort of Asian ceilings and then you just kind of it feels like this little cave and you go in and it's got amazing Thai food. So I'll link to that too. And you know, the homes, it's interesting. There are a lot of actually a lot of condos and that Oahu, that island, is quite developed. On the North Shore, there's a Turtle Bay Resort. Actually, that's where we went on my birthday, where we had a picnic on the beach, which was amazing. It was gorgeous. He It has been really coordinated, a dream come true kind of day. I got a massage, which if you know me, that is totally my love language. (laughs) Any kind of massage of any sort is the way to my heart. And probably with food too. But man, was that good. And that resort is stunning. They renovated it. It is just gorgeous on that northern coast. There's Sunset Beach. We watch the sunset there. Definitely worth a visit, even if you're not staying at that resort, as it is quite pricey. But the grounds are amazing. Um, there's a restaurant there called the Beach House, and it's by quite a famous chef. He's got a couple of different locations there. Um, I just want to get so yeah, Roy Yamaguchi, and it's it's on Oahu, but not sure if he's got. I'm sure he's got more restaurants. Yeah, I guess I'll link to that too. And, and at that resort, he's got a restaurant there. And I've got to say, I was thinking about this cod, his signature cod dish, four days. It, it, I would love to go back and just have it. I think they have other locations in California too. Hmm. I'll, I'll link to that. And yeah, just a magical day. And I think what struck me pretty much instantaneously upon arriving and as we continued our stay on the island is that people have this warmth and there's a friendliness and a community feeling that I'm not saying it's perfect. I don't think any place is perfect, but man, (laughs) I think Hawaii comes pretty close, at least for my criteria, when it comes to absolutely beautiful nature and whether you like hiking and hills or mountains, they have that there's lush greenery there is forestry looks like enough you know it reminds me actually of places in Canada I mean I'm not a tree expert but there are places where you know not really palm trees you're looking at more like forested areas gorgeous waterfalls even little water like rivers and lakes on the island you've got of course the ocean Very biodiverse, lots of farming going on actually on the island, which is interesting to see. And you have some organizations doing regenerative farming, which is interesting and trying to focus on local foods that they're cultivating. Of course, it's a great climate. It's interesting on the east side of the island, it rains more. So the vegetation and a lot of the farming is going on on the east coast of the island. And we did notice that when we drove around is that on the east side, there were more clouds has to do with the way that the mountains are there, where it seems that the mountains sort of level off the rain, which is interesting. So I've got to tell you, if you're looking for just an absolutely beautiful place to spend some time, the weather was pretty much hot and sunny every single day, as I said, with some mixed showers, but perfect sort of 80s or high 20s, low 30s in Celsius beautiful weather beautiful people local customs i think it's really important to find some spots that are off the beaten track so there's also helena's which is a great restaurant that had very local hawaiian food which i think was great to experience and it's definitely unique if you like barbecue i think hawaiian barbecue is sort of its own its own experience in and of itself of course many people will say to go to a luau I think that a lot of them are quite commercialized and buffet style, so I personally chose to stay away. I actually had a similar experience when I traveled to Fiji with a dear friend of mine, Emma. Um, it wasn't called a luau, but they did actually bury um, bury the meat and had fire and coals and then the leaves on top, and they left that all day. But we stayed with a family with a couple of huts, and it was a remote island in the Asawas and- the Asawa islands in Fiji. And I found that to be more authentic than a buffet style production. So again, it depends what kind of vacation you want, I think. And for me, it's just so important to connect with local individuals. And some of our best moments actually were with Uber drivers that live on the island. And we just kind of interrogate them about everything they love, everything they don't like. you know. And one thing that I would say was very prominent there that was sad to see is the homelessness and there seem to be drug drug abuse challenges and addiction challenges on the island which a lot of uber drivers pointed out and you could see um, we actually had an extensive conversation with a security guard at a mall of all things that was sharing about how a lot of a lot of people will come in well people within the homeless community will come in and Steal items to be able to buy drugs, and the the store can't do much about it. They'll steal vacuums and such. So sort of a sobering thing to see, and I, I always struggle with this actually, is seeing homeless people and then in a place where, you know, I mean, it's expensive, definitely, if you're staying in Waikiki or anywhere around that area, I mean, and you've got million dollar plus homes, very challenging to get a single family home there, the real estate prices are quite high, which of course you're in paradise. so, suppose it makes sense that the values are going up but just creates this huge disparity and I really find myself thinking actually about it a lot even since I was a kid I think about that and I don't know enough about policy and the way the government works on a municipal state or provincial and then federal level but I'd be very interested to see what it is that's done because I think there are a bunch of different programs that happen with varying effectiveness in terms of giving housing versus um, stipends or some sort of monthly, whether it's welfare payments, right? So I digress, I suppose, but it's a problem that I really think about often because it's so pervasive, not only there but throughout the world. And I wonder, I wonder what what we could be doing about shelter because I know there's a, there's a lot of talk about, of course, food quality and people having basic necessities there and clean drinking water. But I, I continue to think about the landscape back home. And that's something else. That's why I actually started Leadwear. Um, it's Lead Apparel. I started that last year on my birthday and I did that. And I promise we'll get to the exercise. Maybe I'll write in the show notes like, hey, exercise is at this many minutes. So if you want to just do that. But I started Lead Apparel last year because I really saw that grassroots charities helping multiple different causes, by the way, not just um, not just for, for homelessness, but really for young girls. I've worked for many years with Girls Inc., um, that helps young young women and after school care programs. And I just I've found that every year they're fundraising and fundraising and, and they do all these things and they raise, you know, five, 10, 15, $20,000 And it's so instrumental to the charity's well-being and ability to put on just basic programming like a summer camp. I've also seen that with Meta Foundation that does amazing work for people with special needs. And they put on a ladies gala, a martini night every year. And again, they raise great money from the community. And I think they do a phenomenal job of raising grassroots funds. But I sit here in awe going, there's so many more organizations like the Heart and Stroke Foundation or the Ronald McDonald House, like bigger funds that really get millions of dollars worth of donations. And there's far less transparency as to where that money is going, or at least for me, it's, it's difficult to know with some of the big charities. Okay, what does my $5, what is the five or 20 or 50 or a hundred or more dollars that I donate? this week or today at the grocery store like what's that going to do for somebody and so I think that's what gets people that's what dissuades people from from giving is what's oh what's five bucks gonna do what's two dollar? what's twenty dollars gonna do right and of course everybody has a selfish sort of what's in it for me and I don't think that's a bad thing but when you see and and that's where I coupled at least for lead apparel why I coupled okay there's actually merchandise you want a sweater or a t-shirt or a hat or sweatpants, shorts, leggings, whatever it is, there's actually a piece of apparel that you're getting that you can use to work out or hang out in or tote bags, you know, carry groceries in, whatever the case is. So you are benefiting in some sense. You're going to buy a tote or those leggings or whatever anyway, but we're donating 10%, if not all of the profits, depending on the campaign, to the charity it is in question that, that month or for that campaign. So anytime somebody buys something for Meta Foundation, for example, we literally donate any all of the profits, which when you get a hundred people buying, I mean, it's not millions, but I love to be able to look at it and say, okay, what is this 100, 200, 500, a thousand dollars going to do for your charity? So I and that's should probably write this down. So I'd love to actually interview somebody from grassroots and really share why this is so different. Because I'm I definitely don't have the the charity background of it for sure. Um, I just have had such a fascination with okay. There's a problem on the ground in a local community. We're so interested or enticed or feel like we should be helping people abroad or afar that have worse situations. Totally understandable. I'm not at all questioning people helping people all over the world. I think that's so important. And at the same time, we need to make sure that our neighbors are okay. We need to make sure that our local community is okay. Because if we all start like that, then actually we're proliferating. I mean, that's how you have these grassroots efforts expanding throughout the world right I mean if I focus on my local community and you focus on yours and this city and this township and we all do that I mean that's how we sort of propagate that throughout the world right if we if we can do that in a grassroots I mean that's what grassroots is right not a new concept so I really look at that and I say okay how can we take more personal responsibility for the 10 mile 20 mile whatever radius that we we live in every day and we drive by the trash on the highway right by us drive by that same homeless person right by the freeway what can we do and yeah i pose that question not really having done enough myself to change anything and certainly not knowing enough about the policy level changes or how the grassroots function at least i know i have some knowledge of how girls Inc. does it because i did some work to to be on the board with them for a little while but um very, very basic from me in terms of how much I've interacted or what I know administratively about both government programs and charitable programs and how they allocate funds and raise funds and such. But I really think that oh, it's something that was so such a stark contrast being in Hawaii. Such natural beauty, of course, people say, "Oh, well, then it's easier to be homeless there because it's warmer out in the in the whole West. Not the whole West Coast. There are communities along the West Coast of Oahu that have these encampments where you've got homeless people living on the West Coast. This really, really wealthy North Coast with that resort and some beautiful, like multi-million dollar mansions. East Coast, lots of beautiful houses too. Most homes are over a million dollars. Condos are five hundred thousand plus. Waikiki, of course, is booming, and all kind of along, let's say, the Southeast Coast. Then you've got the the airport. I mean, and then you come up along this West Coast where again, beautiful, beautiful nature. And this is where the dolphin tours happen. This is where turtle watching happens. I mean, whale watching can happen. Like it's a stunning part of the island. And for whatever reason, you know, that all sort of pools together. And, and I, I suppose I'm just posing this even to you. And if you have feedback or ideas, I mean I'm I'm all ears. And if you're doing something in the community that is already really tackling homelessness or something else, I'd love to chat because I'm always actually looking for charities that I can collaborate with to get lead wear out there. And and even with the meta foundation, we created their own apparel as well. So with the meta logos on the clothing for their events and things, and they've got their own line through us so if you know a charity that needs merch and would like the profits donated to them I'm just really looking to to do something about this in a way where I know where the money goes and even if it's not millions but that I know that we gave hundred dollars and that sent two girls to summer camp for the whole summer you know like that brings me so much joy and so much happiness to know that that's what that money is able to do in a very transparent way and i'd love to to scale that up so anyway that's a project that i started and that's something that i really noticed on hawaii that made me quite pensive because well it's easy to go on a vacation to a gorgeous place and sort of just focus on the beautiful food and tours and homes and neighborhoods and all of the beaches and, and all of that but i definitely love to see the flip side of the coin and there often is one when you talk to locals and see what's happening. Many locals that used to live on Oahu are moving to Seattle, to Las Vegas, which is really interesting. And they just move to where the Hawaiian community is, so if they have family or friends that are living there. Reno's another one in Nevada, um, and they'll they'll move to their family because the real estate prices are just so outrageous and. That's tough, right? To think of your family and growing up in a place and then having it become inaccessible for you. And most of the Hawaiians that do own homes are because of them being handed down to individuals, like from grandparents to parents to, to grandkids, et cetera. Um, they do have some land granting programs for very cheap on certain parts of the island where you get granted, but it's a hundred year sort of lease. So you don't actually own the land and your family gets that land for a hundred years. And of course the government can take it back or make a change. So another interesting sort of program where you can kind of hand it down to different generations but it's not truly your land. Another caveat or another thing to think about would be uh, there's a a lot of foreign investment coming in there similar to any vacation destination I suppose but Hawaii is incredibly hot. It's happening a lot on Maui as well, driving up real estate prices you have got really, really big entrepreneurs like Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg buying huge amounts of land, which again, interesting, right? If you're not a resident, or even if you are, should there be percentage restrictions? I mean, then we have to look at capitalism. We go down a bit of a rabbit hole. Can we restrict that? Would that be fair? I mean, you know, there's a whole whole line of thinking there that becomes quite controversial if you can pay for something you should be able to buy it lots of different viewpoints but very interesting to see how the island is progressing what's happening to local culture and tradition the commercialization of traditions like luau's for tourism and I love travel I mean I've been traveling since 2014 you know as much as I possibly could from graduating university I just went for it wholeheartedly, as many trips as I possibly could. And I've seen it in, in many places, but it was it was extremely apparent to me in Oahu. And it's gorgeous there. And I'm happy that there's tourism or else I wouldn't have been afforded the opportunity to, to be there. Um, but it's certainly changed what it is to live there, to be there, to explore the place and that comes with pros and cons as with anything. So just an interesting flip side of the coin to Hawaii, I think, because there's this very beautiful natural piece. There are stunning homes. If you have enough money, it's an amazing vacation spot or vacation property or place to live if you can sustain that. But when you talk to the local Hawaiians, it's I've got two, three jobs, I drive Uber plus plus, you know, or people, many people will work in hotels and have other jobs. And and that's not uncommon, I think, in places driven by tourism, where even in Croatia, actually, where my family is from, you have people that'll be drivers in the summer months and then they take the winter off or they do something else. So interesting, interesting to consider in economies that are very driven by tourism, especially, I mean, we've seen the effects of that over the past few years. What is it that happens when you effectively cut off a huge income source? And and we've seen it actually, it's quite timely recently. I think it was just today, actually, I saw it today. I think it's been quite recent that a, a judge, a Florida judge actually overturned the extension of the mask mandate, which is really interesting. So the CDC still recommends masks on transportation, but a federal judge from Florida actually overturned that decision to extend the mandate. And so airlines are now dropping mask mandates. And you see it in the United States. I don't know the extent of it every, in every government, but lobbying is such a huge force for policy in whatever direction it is that you wanna look at, whether it's um, food, agriculture, pharma, gas and oil travel, apparently. If you've got a lobby behind it, it's very interesting to just see how things are influenced, how decision-making is influenced based off of who is lobbying which representative. So I digress. Essentially, lots of different things to see in Oahu and I would just would have loved to have more time for the different islands and i think that if you're willing to go and really get a sense of more of a local flair then it's an amazing amazing place with phenomenally friendly people loving people i mean the greeting aloha is literally love sharing sharing love i mean i think that you can't get better than that and Actually, we renewed our vows too on, on the beach, which was very interesting, was a sort of local ceremony that we did with a few other couples. And it was also beautiful to, to just see that, that process and to go through that. It was quite emotional. And I think renewing your vows, maybe that's another episode too, because it was just so meaningful. And I think that in relationships, I mean, some people ask me, oh, you've been married such a short time. Why would you renew your vows? You just did it. And I mean, my hope, my, in a nutshell, my philosophy there is, I mean, I renew my vows with my husband every day in the sense that I make the decision to be in the marriage every single day. It's a choice every day that I need to consciously make to be in the marriage, to be a partner, to show up living those vows that I made on my wedding day. So I, I don't know, but what I can say is with those other couples that were there is seeing couples I've been married for 25 30 years plus it's just a true blessing to witness that and to see that they're still renewing that they're still reconfirming that commitment that they made to each other so romantic to see kids join them and just the progression of life so I mean that'll definitely be another episode because it was so heartwarming and I just think that Even renewing the vows to ourselves on a daily basis is just so critical when it comes to living within our standards of integrity or values, whatever you want to call that. So, back to the birthday thing. (laughs) What do I do every year on my birthday? And it's pretty simple, but I think that's what we want, right? We don't want a really difficult activity that makes a whole spiel. We just want something that we can do that we can take stock. And frankly, it doesn't just have to be for your birthday. I do this once a month, probably, um, very, very basic activity in the coaching world. The gold in it is doing it regularly because it's a litmus test. It tells you what's going well and what's not. And like I said, we really want to take stock, whether it's our birthday or just another Monday, or if you want to do this every day. I mean, the more you look at things in your life consciously and with focused attention to me, I think the more they grow. If I focus on something, I put attention to it. How's it going? And I ask myself every day, how's it going? How's it going? That's where I grow things. And that's where I see progress. So that's what's worked for me imperfectly. But I would really recommend trying this out. So essentially you draw a circle and you make a pie. It's called a life wheel. I'll put a link to there's so many different formats of it that you can do. But the basic is make a circle, draw a circle. Eight quadrants, eight or eight little pie slices, and you write in eight parts of your life. And if you want to write three or you can't think of them all, I mean, that's fine. But the general ones are wealth or finances or money. Some people lump that into career. I like to separate them. I think they're different. You can have different streams of income. You can like your job and not make enough money. You can make a lot of money and hate your job. So I really like to separate those two apart. Very, very critical in my eyes health, marriage, or your romantic relationship or partnerships, spirituality, God, however you see that, friends, family, might be two different quadrants for you, learning, so some kind of either learning or adventure, travel, a project you're working on, something that you love, any other relationships you want to kind of single out and clarify, any endeavors that you're hoping to pursue that require your attention that you have on your mind, anything that's on your mind regularly, I would say deserves a quadrant so that you can take a look at, okay, how's this going for me? And then it's really scaling on a level of one to 10 for each of those sections. It's not a quadrant because it's more than four, but each one of those slices, right? Which is how satisfied am I in this area of my life or with this project or with this idea that I'm working on, however you want with this business, with this certain revenue stream and you really just go through and don't think too long because I think we sort of, they all start kind of meshing into the same time, into the same number frame. And I actually force myself, I can't do sevens, um, because I think seven is just this really kind of mellow number that doesn't feel too good or too bad. It kind of just lets us glaze over a category. And I think this is about being as honest with ourselves as we can. And while I do this every year, Again, like I said, I do this every month and you go through. And then once you've, you've scaled them all, I would say one by one and, or maybe you pick, right? So I like to do all of them anyway, but I start with the ones that I'm least satisfied with. And I say, okay. What's going on here? Why don't I, why am I unsatisfied? Have I been neglecting this part of my life? I've been avoiding it. I've been throwing it under the rug and just kind of (laughs) sneaking away, which happens, right? I mean, especially if something's either difficult right now, doesn't come naturally to you, something happened that you're feeling uncomfortable about, let's just shove it away, let's put our focus somewhere else. I mean, of course, if you need help, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention coaches, therapists, advisors of some sort, right, if it's like, hey, I'm not really good with my finances, there's, I mean, there's Dave Ramsey and far so many other financial advisors and communities around debt or around saving, around investing, around financial independence, like the FIRE movement, uh, financial independence, retire early. So I'll make sure to link to all these things. Gosh, I've, I've actually said a lot today that I'll need to link in the show notes. But there's, there's just, there's too many online communities now about pretty much anything that you're interested in to sit there alone and feel like there's no one else in your position. I mean, everybody's got a unique experience of things, but if it, when it comes to goals, there are people that are going after what you want. In a variety of ways and I think it's our job to figure out okay which one of these ways do I want to go after this goal right so that and that's where relating to your standards of integrity relating to who you are as a person and what's important to you matters for example something as simple as let's say saving or buying a house maybe it's not that simple <laughs> but okay let's let's go even more simple you know buying groceries I say that and it's just a rabbit hole but let's say buying groceries, right? And and your diet and you say, okay, I actually want to have a whole food diet. I want to stay away from preservatives. Like you kind of narrow when you say, okay, who's eating the way that I'd like to eat, being healthy, being intuitive, or maybe uh, somebody that eats mainly animal-based, somebody that mainly eats plant-based. Like you look at these different components. Okay, this is what I'm really looking at. And then you find people, right? You find people in communities that are in that lane. And you see the results that they're having. And if you like the results, you like the approach, right? Then you start going down that road. And so I think that this really opens up some and creates some clarity so that we can seek out those people that advocate for us, that advise us, support us, and can relate to us in going through that journey. So you go through those eight sections and each time you ask yourself, you know, what's going on here? What am I avoiding? Or what is it that I want? what might I do, what have I done before? If you're feeling stuck, who might I talk to about this, right? Or what help might I need? And you can go through that in every section. And I think by the end of it, I mean, that's how I came up with creating this podcast. That's how I came up with the Lead Apparel brand. That's how I decided we needed to get, if you can see him in the video, we needed to get Max, he actually blends into the, (laughs) he blends into the bed a little bit, Max i see no nope. oh there he is he's looking <laughs> he's usually down for the count at this time of night um but you know any big decision that i've made or looked at or considered or, or vision toward has been okay what is it that i'm seeking what is it that i'm happy with what is it that i'm wanting more of knowing that of course the human condition is we're, we're always going to want more and we're never going to be done and it's literally not over until, (laughs) until it's over. And so there's definitely a balance here. And I, I do want to, I suppose, call attention to the other side of the coin, which is gratitude. And so for every section, I also write a thing that I'm happy about, or a thing that I'm grateful for, that's working well recently, or that I'm enjoying so that I know, okay, even though I ranked this a four out of 10, because I haven't been giving it attention this month, I'm still really happy that, for example, if I haven't been sleeping enough, it's like, okay, four out of 10, not focusing on sleep enough. That's really, um, you know, making progress in other areas challenging. But I'm really grateful that, you know, over the weekend, I actually went to bed on time and turned off the technology and really had, you know, great night's sleep over the weekend, for example. So I'll just write something that kind of reminds me, hey, you know, it's not all it's not all bad. I don't need to get critical and harsh on myself and that's not the intent of the exercise. So really focusing on what you want more of. But I have mine here. I do it every, uh, like I said, do it every month and definitely a more extensive look every year on my birthday. And I, I hope that that brings you some level of clarity and new awareness. It's really easy. It usually takes me 20 minutes, 30 minutes, um, and not much to remember in terms of how to do it. But it's in the doing of it, as I said, that I think you drive the most value. Which is that it's easy, so you're willing to do it repeatedly, semi regularly, and so you really are constantly taking stock. And I think we do this when it comes to work, when it comes to money to some degree, right? Like you're kind of seeing the checks and balances there. If you pay bills or you get a certain paycheck, we see the checks and balances, but when it comes to the broader vision, the bigger picture and our goals, I think we need that same check and balance and that's what I love to do on my birthday and always um, anyone that knows me also knows I'm notorious for making birthdays it's outrageous and extremely special and this year was no different and I just really do thank my husband for coming along that journey with me because Hawaii has been a dream of mine, my entire life so it meant so much to me to see that and do that activity, you know sitting on the beach watching watching the waves roll in and um, in and out and yeah, what a magical place, not without flaws, but what is, I think that's what makes it even more magical. And I think it's just such such a perfect mix of human inhabitants with nature and, and they still coexist quite harmoniously and beautifully, which I think is such a brilliant thing to see. I love cities and places like that. I think another one is definitely Rio de Janeiro in Brazil definitely accomplishes a similar feeling where you truly feel like you're still in the forest and in the jungle somehow amidst lots of cars lots of hustle and bustle passion and love and wow i, I definitely felt that on oahu as well which was a, a huge pleasure and joy so i hope that you learned something you found this interesting as i mentioned at the beginning of the episode it means everything to me when you like review subscribe this show that's what gets this into the hands or ears and eyes of people that might benefit from it. So thank you for taking the time to watch. Thank you for sharing this with somebody that's going to Hawaii or has their birthday coming up soon. And I really look forward to seeing you next week for another episode of the show.